Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 3 and 4 of The Shadow Rising, Reflection and Strings. Enjoy! Welcome to Season 4, Episode 3. And this is a special episode because um, I know last week Ian was a little premature with his giggity ratings, um, doing his 3 out of 3 giggities, because this is actually our 69th episode. Good old episode 69. Yeah, well now the giggity scale goes all the way up to 5 giggities, so we just expand the possible number of giggities you can get. Hmm. So yeah, so made it all the way to sixty nine. Uh, next next one is our seventieth. We're getting close to hundred, actually. I'm not close, close, but closer than fifty. Yeah, we're getting one, there. one one episode at a time, Alan. One episode. At uh, a yeah, time. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, so a couple of things just to announce up front. Um, we do have uh, at least one new patron, and then someone up their patron level as well. So I also want to give a shout out for that. So Monk Chicky. Um, is our newest patron, so thank you so much. We have one new patron, Woo! and then um, thank Shane. you, and then uh, Zeriel, um, who is actually one of our mods as well. She upped her patron level, so Ooh. thank you so much. We appreciate Feel that. Yeah. Um, and then um, before we get into anything else, I also wanted to announce we did do a giveaway last week um, for on Facebook. Um, we didn't have as many entries as we normally do on Twitter. So next month I'll go back to Twitter. Um, so, but I wanted to give some love to, um, to uh, Facebook and I did a random selection and the winner of that was Will Kelly, um, who actually no person, nice. which is actually yeah. kind of funny. Um, I've been trying to actually get him to read the series forever and he follows us on everything, but has listened to a few episodes, but he has never read the books. So now he's actually won a free copy and I, uh, you know, I already texted him uh, right before the show started. And he's like, yes, I'm the first one. So maybe I'll actually finally get a first time reader out of this whole giveaway, which is even better. <laughs> uh, be he lives in cool. Alabama now, so it's not like he's he's close. Uh, but I, I do know him. So pretty cool. Um, I, well, they don't yeah, got was... Internet down there, so he's got free time to read books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he works in IT, so I don't know sure what IT in Alabama is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the um, other guy that does it down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, All two of he them. He takes the coke cans and puts the coke cans together, or something like that. With the, with the, the strings. strings. <laughs> yeah, the strings. Too. Um. Right. Also, um, this is going to be an episode, of course, without a guest. Next week we'll be without a guest, but then we do have a guest coming the following week. So, um, our our next guest is the Road to Tarvalin uh, podcast. Um, we'll be doing that actually on a Sunday recording. It'll still be a Tuesday release. Reason being is because one of their podcasters, she's in uh, Germany. So um, we're doing a midday Sunday recording, nice. by the way, what, on, the, what? On, the, on the 16th. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Wait, what? <laughs> Does that work for you, Ian? <laughs> Wait, repeat that? <laughs> on May 16th. It's a Sunday. You know that's a couple weeks out, so I'm going to say, yeah, sure. And then as we get closer, I'm going to be like, oh, I totally forgot. And I sent you guys a message about a few out. weeks ago. What? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I can scroll up and resend it if you want. Is that okay? I'm going to hold no, my uh, response and see if, if Chris cancels and be like, oh, gee whiz. 
<laughs> if I sent you a message about it. <laughs> Y'all said it was if good. I commit, if I committed to it, then I'm going to do it. I will find a way. Right, that's how I, I am. Sitting in a bar. It's, a, it's a 1 p.m. on a Sunday, so. <laughs> Ken, dude, that's just an early time of day to be drunk, but, you know, uh, I'll, well, I'll do it. Yeah, nah. To be honest with you, that's the Virginia Tech graduation date. So Okay. But it's Are you graduating? So, no, no, no I'll, I'll be good. I'm watching somebody graduate. Uh, live? I'll be back in town. Yeah, I'm going live. Oh, nice. Oh, but but this one, sun- did they graduate no, on Sunday? Not. No, it's not. Just... <laughs> That's Mother's Day. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, Mother's Day is the ninth. <laughs> sure, all these you know, we already got quiz. everything covered, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'll be able to do it. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. That's what we said. We'll make, we'll make it happen. We'll make it work. One way or another. Why are we doing it? So it'll be fun. Um, and then as far as uh, personal life. Is this the one with the person from out of town, out of country that's going to be on? Yes. Uh, I vaguely from... remember that. Uh-huh. Uh, one's in Germany. The other one lives in the States, I think. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to make they're it fun. We're, we're professional. I don't remember they, names, but I remember things. They're, they're, they're two girls in the giggle lot, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Just oh, yeah. Like giggity, giggity. giggity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad we're not anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so personal life. Um, yeah, maybe sailing tomorrow. That's fun. If the storms hold off, there's supposed to be lots of thunderstorms tomorrow. And we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, back in the day, back in the day when I was you know, we young snapper. Um, we young lad. Yeah, uh, we young, young lad. Um, we used to go out in all the storms. And nowadays, they just, I guess, maybe these people got scared in lawsuits and I don't know what's going on. But like, if it's like a hint of rain, they're like, cancel the races. And I'm like, really? Like, you guys just literally throws out in like hurricane force winds and lightning everywhere and tornado spouts, like water spouts breaking out everywhere and we'd go sailing in it. And now if there's even a cloud in the sky, they're like, yeah, we're going to cancel. It might be too dangerous. I'm like, what happened? If you think about it, my theory is, uh, remember like back in the day, the boats were a little bit sturdier, a little bit hardier. Now, some of your race boats out there. Um, and there's a couple that, we race against these are very expensive very lightweight they're just designed to go fast they can't handle the big puffs and the big winds and the squalls and they don't make them like they used to no they don't make them like they used to <laughs> that's that's the truth yeah so but yeah so we'll just um uh, maybe we'll go sailing maybe we won't if not um i'm not sure what i'm doing tomorrow um but if we do it'll be fun um, the rest of the week, I'm just doing podcast stuff. And this weekend, we were going to go out of town, but they decided not to go out of town because I guess I was going to go visit my in-laws for Mother's Day. But they decided not to come, or we decided not to go. Uh, so my, my mother-in-law is coming in town on Friday while I'm working. And the kids and my wife are going uh, strawberry picking or something. So I'll be working. That's cool. So it's cool for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family time is always nice. Yeah. Yeah. How about you guys? What's going on personal life-wise? I know Ian had a big hike. Yeah. Uh, This last weekend was pretty great. Um, Did a hike out near Old Rag. Um, That's a mountain kind of north-central Virginia-ish. And we didn't do Old Rag. We did a trail that was very near it. It was an eight-mile loop. Uh, and in the eight miles, you had a bunch of waterfalls, a uh, little bit of elevation change, a couple of decent scrambles. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And went went with my plus one and a couple Ooh, of friends. How'd yep. that go? 
uh, it was pretty cool. Was she a trooper? I'm not saying, like, I was testing her, but I think I've mentioned before, you know, people talk about, I like hiking, and what they mean by hiking is, after dinner, they'll go for a walk down the street. Yeah. Like, my version of hiking and camping is, you know, you got a, you got a pretty hefty pack on your back, you're carrying stuff in, you're, you're going, like, 10 miles in a day sort of thing. Anyways, uh, no, it was fantastic. We had such a good time. Uh, the water was still pretty freezing, but we were working up a sweat, so climbing around in the waterfalls, it was super romantic. Mm. Yeah, my wife learned that the hard way. She had never really been camping before, and when we first started dating, we went and did a little Appalachian Trail hike. Um, and she started packing for it. I was like, nah, no, 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 no. Um, you need to realize you have to carry that, right? We have to carry everything that we're going in with. She's like, aren't you just going to drive to a campsite? I was like, no, no, we're hiking to a campsite. And she's like, no. Well, I need to bring like toiletries and everything like that. I was like, I mean, maybe basic ones, but there is no bathrooms. <laughs> dig a hole. and right. that's At least six good. inches deep. Yep. Yeah, you just go dig a hole yeah. and you go in the woods and there's no bathrooms out there. It's just, that's the way it is. <laughs> For my favorite, eight miles, but we have like 12 hours to do it. That's no big deal. I'm like, check check the elevation change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that will break you But, off. you know, it's actually not too bad. I mean, I did I did, uh, I did the Spy Rock hike. I think I talked about it in the podcast with my son a few, few months ago. Um, so my yeah. wife did not come with me. But, um, but you know, <laughs> next time I told her that, uh, you know, once, once my daughter gets a little older, maybe we'll all go. Um, I don't yeah, know if we stay overnight, but... You know, we'll all just hike up mountain back. Yeah, loads of fun. Yeah. Yeah. How about so you, Chris? Like... Um, well <laughs> Um, roller coaster of a week. <clears throat> I will say all of my plans have been flipped upside down on their head in literally a day. So the fiance headed back to Charlotte to meet with her parents so they could see the venue. And they saw the venue and they loved the venue. And they were like, well, if this is what we're going to do, then we could do better. I'm like, mm-hmm. but I, I love the place that we're at. And I did all the research, and I've already found the hotels, and I've already got everything laid out. Like, you just have to submit the check. And they're like, no, 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 no. we got a few more places in mind that are just as beautiful, if not more so. And there's more convenient hotels, and A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, you know, all the things. So now, all of my wedding plans have been tossed out the window. So... Now I'm going to be that guy that sits back and lets everybody else plan the wedding while I watch it fall apart around me. That's the easiest way. I, I'm learning. Just let this them is, have fun with it. This is the first, so and hopefully the last, but if it's not, I'll know better for next time. <laughs> and then everything that you planned is just going to go out the window of the day off anyway. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm we, almost burnt, we almost burnt down Norfolk. We almost, uh, <laughs> you know, as a... We had the cool idea to do like you know like the little um, Chinese lanterns that you light and let go and they fly oh, up yeah. in the air. Oh yeah, um, cool. And so, yeah, they're very cool. So we did it off of the World Trade Center in Norfolk, and a couple of them didn't. People released them before they had fully were oh, no. ready to go. So, oh, no. so they, they kind of dropped down to the bushes down the <laughs> first floor. <laughs> <laughs> Score. <laughs> yeah, a lot I'm of like, people are happy with that's you. That's going to catch fire. <laughs> did it's someone, not good. Did someone do a speech beforehand like, this represents all of your dreams and hopes and wishes. Go down <laughs> to the stars to be fulfilled. And like Alan trips and his shit falls over the side and burns a car down. Be like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is how we're starting <laughs> this off. Uh, 
so then you yeah know, we, had, we had an ambulance come to our wedding as well like you know a bunch of fun oh. stuff happened like wow. so one of one of my wife's relatives has celiac disease um so can't have any gluten or we'll yeah. have to go to the hospital and we told the the hotel um that beforehand but this i mean just because you tell them that something was cross-contaminated she ate something in the hospital and went to yeah went to, to wow I'm just going to pray on mine. I'm just going to continue to pray on it. So then the other thing that happened was, was, you know, they take her out to lunch and they're like, hey, don't worry about the bill. I know Chris is trying to get moved down here. So we got that covered, which is great. But then like, but, you know, we're Southern Baptists and all. So you guys shouldn't be living together before you get married. Mm. I'm like, I'm moving an entire state this summer hopefully I've been applying for jobs not only that people have reached out to my administration asking for references so I gotta have a place to live balls moving so I'm Mm -hmm. like this don't work but of course you know they're the in-laws and they're her parents so it's like I think we should listen I was like all right we're gonna be celibate too because we're gonna go all the way Christian because that's what my family believes in but I'm go against that all the time so we made those packs this week. So there you go go all oh, out. Fun. Yeah, it'd be a year and a half of celibacy, and I have to find a roommate in Charlotte, which Alan Hinton is in Charlotte. So okay, <clears throat> hoping that will work cool. out. Yeah. Mark, mark this down, guys. If six months from now Chris becomes like the really ornery guy in the podcast, that's just angry with everything. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> I was like that when we started. You saw the shift. In yeah, it but all. since you've been spending time with Chanel, you've been super chill and like, yeah, man, Ian, don't be so hard on these characters. They're trying their best. I think everybody's great. <laughs> and I'll say it like this too: like it's been really. The adjustment, because I when I make a plan, my plan happens. Yeah, yeah. So all of my plans have been flipped upside down. Like I just got news today that I am eligible for the alternative teaching plan. So I'm, I'm that's great. Now I find out that I'm not eligible to teach the grade that I'm currently teaching. I have to teach mm. elementary school. Mm. Oh, mm. so wish Good me luck. At least it's it's easier math. I had to teach all <laughs> the subjects. Oh, but it's writing just at all. Like... This guy doesn't write. He barely yeah. reads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's it. Uh... You know, my entire life's been flipped upside down. I'm dealing with it. You're you're young. Yeah. It's gonna happen about twenty million more times. Don't tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. You get used to it. <laughs> it, 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 t- it tends to happen that way. Yeah. So, every, yeah. Every, everything in your life, Alan, has gone one hundred percent according to plan, right? Like from day one, just. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> me yeah. too. Yeah. He said sarcastically, with a nudge and a wink. <laughs> yeah. Nah, exactly. Um, yeah. Nah, everything. Everything goes planned. Yeah. That's that's exactly what happens. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so predictions. Let's talk about planning. Um, so, Red is Balsamon. Carl's going of uh, Chris's predictions from last week. Um, Egwene, um, was in the dreams and re- like, she actually saw Rand's dream and it's going to be really pissed about it. Uh, Matt's a total asshole now. Um, yeah. that was, a uh, that he's now become this asshole. And then, uh, someone actually said Matt's a great t- tactician. I actually write that one down. Um, maybe just cause the way he was dealing with the nobles, but we'll see. 
I think we fo- focused a lot on his m- manipulation skills also. He can read people and kind of play the room real well. I think it leaned mm-hmm. a little bit more towards that. But, yeah, tactician was thrown out there. Yeah. Hey, what do you guys think about the predictions? Anything I, I missed or anything that no. from the bubbles of evil that we're going to talk <clears throat> about this chapter again? All right. Well, so let's uh, jump no, right. I, I, do got, I do got one. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so... When, we, when everybody was yelling about it's Rand, it's Rand, it's Rand, I was like, all right, everybody's saying it's Rand, so it's probably not Rand. It's probably mm. the Dark One himself. Pretty sure I said that. Like, bullseye. I think you did. Yeah. yeah, I like how you intentionally didn't bring that one up, Alan. Mm-hmm. But no, I leave, I leave out the I leave out the good ones on purpose right. to make you guys mm. look like idiots. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I gotta I gotta get a win every now and then. Yeah. Hmm. Sure, sure. So let's go right into chapter three, reflection. Um, the uh, chapter symbol is the dragon's fang. Yeah. And yeah. And the setting is we're in the stone of tear. So yeah, so they're in the stone. We're in Perrin's point of view. Uh, Perrin's walking with Fael down the hallway towards Rand because he's pissed. He wants to talk to Rand about why his axe attacked him and what Rand's doing. And Fahil's kind of, uh, you know, at his heels kind of saying, I don't really want to meet the dragon. No, that's not really what I want to do. <laughs> and as they're uh, walking towards, they run into one of the high lords um, and his two personal guards who's just sitting there staring at Rand's chamber. So let's start there. Or start with this whole opening scene. Yeah, so I'm really paying attention to how here Perrin is um, giving us hints to how people are reacting to him uh, compared to, you know, just reacting to the dragon or to Rand, whatever. Uh, I've touched on it before with, you know, these people, the high lords and everybody that served them. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, the prophecy's been fulfilled and tears a part of that. That's cool and all. But it's not like they're just going to give up power, right? They still want to hold on to it. So, like, you're starting to get hints of all these different power plays and how they're feeling each other out. And Perrin's respected, kind of, maybe feared a mm-hmm. little, kind of, mostly because his relationship to Rand. But I think there's still mm-hmm. a lot of contempt the way people look at him, especially the High Lords and whatnot. So, yeah, just taking all that in. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Chris, any thoughts from you on this opening scene with Parent talking to the High Lords here? I mean, obviously they, like you know, saying they, you know, they respect him because he's Rand's friend, but they don't really know his place. I think that's more what it is. They're trying to feel him out and figure out, you know. Yeah, I mean, it. Listening to it, there was just that hint of just continual questioning. So I wish they weren't looking at me, as though they were afraid of me. They haven't before, not this way. Why aren't all these people in bed? So it's not only that it's the nervousness and everything isn't Perrin's nervousness, but theirs. And he's trying to decipher why so many people are up and moving. And that kind of bothers him. I mean, he's from the Two Rivers, and though he's been gone for a little while, he's primarily been you know in the woods, not around a ton of people, so he's having to get acclimated to a different type of people. People that are, you know, always hustling, bustling. I remember when I went to New York, I kind of felt the same way. It was like, don't you people ever relax? Mm-hmm. City never I, sleeps. 
Yeah, and it, you know, you hear that, and then you experience it, and it's two completely different things. Like you just imagine a busy city, but then when you're literally in a in the Disney store at midnight, and it's like, oh my god, are they ever going to close? And it's like, no, that's crazy. So I kind of feel parent on this. It's like, why aren't you people in bed? You have better things to do with your life. Go rest yourselves. And then on top of that, why are you staring at me? Because I haven't had these personal image issues for a minute. But then also it goes to speak like he's now growing a full beard. He's thickening up. He's kind of embraced his wolfishness. So he looks different. He's very masculine. He's the portrayal of power. And then on top of that, he's friends with the Dragon Reborn. So, And he's not yeah. a huge fan of dudes checking out his girl. Oh, yeah. No. Mm. Yeah, like, he, he was a little upset. His knee. Yeah, he, he like, was a little upset with the looks from uh, High Lord Torian. <laughs> Torian, but yeah. When Torian was checking out Fael, his fist clenched, and he was like, mofo. <laughs> and then <laughs> she did the whole, I don't need you sticking up for me, but it was kind of playful. Like, I think she was flattered by it. She's like, ooh, parent. Yeah. You Which care. is a huge role reversal. She went from being, mm-hmm. like, the badass to being like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but exactly. a, a, a girl could be a warrior like that and then still want to be in that role with a, a man. Lady in the street. You know, I still think she can hold her own. Like I, I think we've mm-hmm. yet to see everything she can do. But a freak with a blade. But I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think she enjoys the prospect of being vulnerable with Perrin. I'm sure she can use the sword fairly well. <laughs> <laughs> she can wield it. We shall see. <laughs> So then after they have this little conversation, um, Barreling comes comes running out, like terrified. (laughs) Chris leans in the mic and starts chewing. Is this better? (laughs) Make your mouth go hop, hop, gobble, gobble. (laughs) You like that popcorn? Uh, if you're new whew. to this podcast, there's not a single mature person on it. <laughs> we all have highly successful careers, and we mm-hmm. have many degrees between us, but we're not mature at all. No. No. And someone just so, yeah, Bar- <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we, we just lost everybody. Um, so, so Bear Lane um, comes running out, you know, of the room, down the hallway. Parents smells fear on her. Um and like parents just kind of like what the fuck was that <laughs> and you know not just it, she had, a little bit of fear yeah. like some legit paranoid terrified wtf freaking out fear i also think it's funny that parent is now going around sniffing everybody like <clears throat> how are they going to show <laughs> this on the big screen like you you got to be able to develop him as a character showing that he's relying on this sense more and more. But like, does he walk in room and go, <laughs> she's scared. Like, I do that all the time. Or is it just like Wait, a quick casual? By, by book seven, he actually starts meeting new people and just goes straight for the butt. Just, <laughs> I know. He's like, hmm, where you been? Where you, uh, oh, man, that, that sounds exciting. I didn't even say anything. You traveled by boat? That's awesome. <laughs> I want to go You're back mine, just for mine, a second. Mine. <laughs> yeah. Prophecy has been fulfilled, and Tyr has fulfilled its place in that prophecy. Perhaps the dragon reborn will lead Tyr to a still greater destiny. 
How much do we really believe that? How much do they really believe that? But is that really at, what they wanted? Yeah, but look how quickly in the same sentence he's already moved on to let's see what else he can do for Tyr. Exactly. And by that, for me, he's trying to profit himself, you know? Exactly. Yeah. They so care they, nothing about the prophecy and more about how they can profit off what's yeah. occurred. And maybe that's mm-hmm. also why they're a little uneasy about Perrin or even Matt. Maybe they haven't figured out quite yet how they can use them to better their situation. Or these how their relationships will is... take the focus off the High Lords. Because if he's got these two friends to rely on, then he doesn't have to rely so much on the High Lords. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see him as a threat <laughs> or someone they can't control. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, him, him sniffing homegirl didn't get him much favor in Fael's eyes. Nah. nah, she got pissed. She's like, All right, I'm leaving now. Um. <laughs> She's like, oh, are you filling girls. your eyes? That's what she said. <laughs> are you filling your eyes? I was like, what is it? Ooh. Ooh. She must have looked too unlike what she saw. So what, what I focused on, though, just after that, she says, I do not care if she smelled of the essence of dawn, Fayel said darkly. That one is not interested in hunting a bear. However fine his hide would look, stretched on a wall, she hunts the sun. And of course, Perrin is like, the sun? Bear? With, like, what? Like, are the these just. Like, are these right. weird cultural the phrases or innuendo that we just don't know about from where Fael's from? Is this. Or is this an example of, like, Fael just. So you had the same exact than what expression that, he, that Perrin had. The Got bear, it. the sun, the what? What are you Let talking it. about, woman? <laughs> <laughs> I even I, I reread this a couple times trying to find a way to make a sexy fun joke with it tonight, but I can't even make a joke with this. I have no idea what he means. I'm clueless. Yeah, the bear and the sun are two completely different things. If she is like the badger and the bear, I would have understood. <laughs> right, maybe. But then the bear, like hanging him up on the wall, like I, I don't know. Is yeah. there something... This it's wasn't in like one trophy. of men's viewings, was it? Am would I you rather have on here? your wall a beaver, or badger, excuse me, or a bear? Which one's more impressive? Neither, really. I just I don't want to decorate mm-hmm. with either of these. It's not not my thing, I, though. I mean, I got a friend that has a bearskin rug, and my son was fascinated by it. There you go. Um, <laughs> away yeah, from where that. Uh, yeah. So Fayou leaves. Yeah, that's where we are. Fayou leaves. Perrin just kind of strolls up to Rand's chambers, and there's a ring of defenders like guarding it. Oh, and come on. they kind of like you skip like the best part of her leaving. Okay, you really do. Go for it. Go for it's it. It's like you go on by yourself. I think I'll go to bed after all. If that's what you want, he said slowly. But I thought you were as eager to find out what happened as me. I think not. I'll not pretend I'm eager to meet the Rand. Not after avoiding it until now, and now I'm especially not eager. No doubt the two of you will have a fine talk without me, especially if there's wine. Look at her assume. <laughs> Why are you asking all them questions? <laughs> if you haven't seen that video, look it up. Oh, it's fantastic. Assuming. <laughs> now you can yeah. go on. Especially now, with the bear yeah. lane coming storming out. She's probably like, you know what? I don't want to hear this story. Yeah. Don't care. So, but now parents strolling up to these ring of uh, defenders who, like, they do the whole entire, like, look at each other, like, should we stop them? I don't know. Should Wait, we? what did you I say the know. defenders were doing? They're just standing there. Right, good. Yeah, I thought you said they were guarding. No, they're or, just standing yeah, there. <laughs> they're just hanging out. There's a ring of them. They're, they're, they're acting like they're guarding, I guess. They're, 
Um, but and of yeah, course, Perrin comes in and he goes, <laughs> smells like they're scared shitless. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just walks exactly. in like he owns the place, and they and they like, kind of like do the they look at each other like, should we stop him? I don't know, should we? I don't know. Okay, I'm not gonna say anything. Are you gonna say anything? No. Nope. That's really the bigger question. <laughs> I bet most of them like tried to not even make eye contact and pretend they didn't see him walk in. Mm-hmm. I'm looking over here in my area, and nothing to see <laughs> here. But then they get to the real guards. There are six maidens of the spear that are, and, and I love how they describe it, like. He walks up, and until they move, you wouldn't even notice they were there. They blended in with the stone so well. And then when they moved, it was very obvious they were all right there. Uh, and then they stop him and say, no one's allowed in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, like hell, I'm man's friend. I can go in if I want. And that's when he gets some spears in his neck. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love, 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 especially after our last episode talking about, you know, when the nobles were saying, oh, we could take out the Aiel. So in this scenario, Perrin, who we know is a badass, and the Aiel probably respect his abilities a little bit, he gets challenged first by just one maiden. And when he reaches out and puts a hand on her, he finds a second spear. So now just two maiden of the spear. And Jordan intentionally writes that the rest of them just kind of watched and didn't move, like as if, you know, they whatever needs to happen, they can handle it. And they these, were two, these two could take down Perrin if they need to. We're not even going to stand up. I think they have more in the mind. They were grinning and everything. And this oh, was yeah. This is Bane and Chiad, right? I yes. Believe. Yeah, That's one right. of them was a blonde. That's what I remember. <laughs> Blue eyes. Yeah. So this is the other one spear to his neck, <laughs> and Perrin doesn't back down at all. He's just like, you can stab me if you want, but I'm going in. Like, and... He said, I don't have time to argue with you. Not that you listen to people who argue with you, as I remember. I am going in as gently as he could. He picked up Bane and set her out of his way. I have done that before on a number of occasions to quite a few people. I can't just say ladies. I've done that to males and females. And it's just like, all right, you're in my way. Pick you up, move you. Do you remember Jay Storm from CNU? No. Did you ever meet Jay Storm? No. Uh, Jay Storm's like a five foot ten, like really buff, um, long, short sprint and mid distance runner. Really great shape. And he was in my way talking all sorts of crap. And he said something out the way to me. So I picked him up, pulled him into the air, had him parallel with the ground and let him go. And then caught him before he hit the ground. When I say he almost shit his pants, he almost yeah. shit his pants. After that, <laughs> no more disrespect from anybody on the team. Love that it. was a glorious moment. <laughs> so th- this is unrelated, but you made me think of it. <clears throat> and Alan, maybe you can remember his name. But when we were in high school... There was this really short uh, kid that he just—he was always picking fights. He was—he was, he was a jerk. Oh, no, no, re- shorter than me. <laughs> <clears throat> and I remember there was this much taller guy that was getting frustrated with him. And I think he like—he hit somebody else, and he turned around to me and was like, "Why don't you slap me in the face like that?" And the guy's way taller than him. So this kid mm-hmm. goes, picks up a chair, sets it down in front of him, stands on the chair so they're face to face and slaps him. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then brawl ensues. I mean, the little guy lost big time. However, at that moment, yeah, I respected him a little bit. He went, he went and got a chair so he could get up eye level and be like, challenge accepted. Oh. I would have paid to see that happen. Yeah, that was, was priceless. So let's continue back. So, yeah, so they're having this interchange with the IEL. And, yeah, um, spears in his neck. 
he gets eventually they just start laughing and I yell back down and like fine just go on in. Like well, first they say, mood and... first they said, would you like to learn a game called Maiden's Kiss, Perrin? You might play well, I think. <laughs> At the very least, you would learn something. Uh. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> Perrin pulled the E and like what I was talking about. Perrin like leaned into the spear and like it was, man, a sneeze, a flinch, and he'd have been Dunsky. Agreed. I like it's it. quite attractive. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so then Perrin steps in the room and takes one look, and it's like a horror movie. Um, <laughs> there is, like, glass shut everywhere, like, and, and Rand's ripped to shreds, like, just in a bloody mess of a heap, just, like, barely alive, just, like, laying there, and he's like, um, I get, get Moraine now. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and the Aiel kind of stroll in, like, what are you talking about? They walk in, and they take off running. Um, <laughs> How come when that chick came barreling out of there... The maidens of the spear, the Aiel that were guarding, how come they didn't peek in the room and notice the mess? That's the one, this is like one of the first times I've been a little disappointed with the Aiel because they're, you know, pretty observant, pretty sneaky. I think they would have stole a peek into the room. I think if one of them would have looked just a little bit, they would have noticed the mess and that would have been enough to look more. But it, it was Perrin that first found this out. So, little. A little mm-hmm. disappointment there in our IEL guards. I hope they don't hear me. Come at me oh. with their spears. Yeah. Or do you? Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think it's just one of those situations where, like, he ran her off, and that was kind of the end of it. Like, she couldn't hurt him, and she was flustered and half naked, so they just assumed, which, I mean, he's the dragon reborn. Who's to think something happened to him? Right there in his own backyard. So yeah. clearly they assumed right. that's all it was. Yeah, and you know, Perrin came in there like getting ready to confront Rand. Like you know, he's puffed his chest, all pissed off, ready to talk, and then it immediately mm-hmm. changes to like, "Dude, what happened? Are you okay?" And that's <laughs> funny that Moraine was the first thought that came yeah. to his mind. Get Moraine. Yeah, they all talk about how they can't stand her, mm-hmm. and then in in certain moments they're like, "All right, we need her now. We need her." I do want to note out, Perrin, Perrin did great first aid. He came in, he checked for alertness. You know, first he's talking to the victim. Uh, he gets a verbal response that was somewhat coherent. He immediately turns, assigns somebody else to go get help. Uh, and then he does a check for severe bleeding, and the biggest wound applies pressure. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. come on. It's almost like he's been formally trained and and keeps talking to Rand and, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and once he applies pressure, he didn't does ask Rand, you know, what happened? You know, did he do this? He and said, what did you like, do? It wasn't yeah, even you what do? happened and did you. It's yeah. what did you do? Like, what what did you do? Mm-hmm. And the, the answer I guess he got was uh, Rand thinks it was a forsaken. At this yeah, point, I was I was doubling down on my bet that it was the dark one, so I'm shaking my head, going, "Nope, nope, ain't <laughs> no forsaken." Yeah, and they, and they and then Perrin also wonders about Matt too. Wonder, you know, if he's okay. You know, if it attacked me, attacked you, then hopefully Matt's okay. Yeah, I, I think at this point, Rand's so yeah. messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And at least it, Jordan's kind enough. 
to you know you hear Perrin's logic of all right well there's nothing I can do about it now if it happened to Matt it's already happened can't mm-hmm. help them both out sort of thing um so sticks with Rand helping him out and just kind of hoping for the best for Matt instead of just totally ignoring Matt I guess is my point there yeah and then we have our good friend Rock Rock that comes in IEL chief he comes strolling in um you know, he starts to talk about about the rumors that have happened or starting to surface about what's happened. Um, but Maureen's come in right behind her, uh, along with Land, uh, Land, and you have this like kind of weird like stare off between Land and Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> I think how does he describe it? Like silent sparks or something? Or it was a good good description too, and the words won't come to my mind real quick. Hold on, and I'll find it. That was when they smiled, which threw me off completely. <laughs> Keep going. I'll well, find yeah. Well, they're you know they're arguing about. I guess I, I can't. So I, I guess if you can find the quotes, they're great because there's. I, I think is it Lana Rourke says. I thought your old blue stairs nearly struck sparks. A braided yes. leather cord held Lan's dark gray, dark hair, gray streak that is simple as his face looked to have been carved from rock all hard planes and angles and a sword rode his hips like part of his body Perrin was not sure which of the two men were more deadly but he thought a mouse could have starved on the difference the warder's eyes swung to Rand. I thought you were old enough to shave without someone Uh-oh. to guide your hand Rourke smiled a slight smile but the first Perrin had seen, even seen in Land's presence he is young yet he will learn Land glanced back at the islandman then returned the smile just as slightly it's like hit. <laughs> it's like two <laughs> badass warriors yeah recognizing each other but also they're both kind of razzing the new guy <laughs> which is absolutely freaking hilarious yeah cool. obviously probably like everybody here I'm, I'm underlining highlighting these lines I love the line uh, a mouse could starve on the difference I don't mm-hmm. know how I'm going to use that in my conversation moving forward but i'm i'm holding on to that i'm gonna use that line <laughs> that was good his brains were so big that a mouse could stop <laughs> yeah right 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 <laughs> well fine i think and then one of them one of them starts joking with i think it's land jokes with Rand says i thought you're old enough to shave without someone to guide your hand <laughs> yeah, yeah which gets a small chuckle a small smile out of Rourke, which is he's young yet yeah. he will learn right so it's like it's like this moment where both land and Rourke are kind of giving each other the nod the respect nod like all right you know you're badass warrior status so am i and they intentionally use the you know he's young yet he will learn sort of thing and uh mm-hmm. in a way putting rand in his place and i don't know i just thought it was yeah. funny it's very comical and I also love, uh, so I, I use humor for like everything in all sorts of tense situations, but even in like medical first aid and like trauma type scenarios, uh, I've been in situations where as the medic is patching somebody up that's in a very bad way and they're out in Nana land, um, you know, I'm giving them shit, you know, why'd you try to blow your face off, you dumb fuck? And they're like, oh man, I didn't mean to, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, we're going to talk about this later. You done did fucked up. And <clears throat> it's obviously you're not really trying to give him shit, but um, it lightens the mood a little bit. And 
reassures them that you're there. And I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. So this next scene, Moraine attempts to heal Rand, asks him to embrace the source. Uh, at first, he's like, why would you want me to do that? <laughs> like, yeah, it's supposed to avoid that at all costs. And she explains that the way I said I heal comes from the person that's healing just as much. It'll make it, you know, you'll be in bed for five days without it with, you know, a couple of hours if you embrace a source. All right. So red flag moment. Back to not trusting Moraine. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that she's wrong and that if he were able to help, the healing would go better. He wouldn't be as laid up as long. But I also feel like there was some sort of test here to see if somehow the two of them could vibe together and channel together. And I'm thinking back to, you know, when they talked about the, was the age oh. of legends or whatever? Yes, the when, men and women of the when world. When men and women, when they could channel together, how much more powerful they were. Uh, and then remember the giant statue that was being excavated? Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how, like, yeah, there's two of them, and, like, one gets controlled by a man, the other by a woman, and, like, it's like, super powerful, could destroy the world sort of thing. So we we know that if a channeling man and a chilling woman can vibe and, and work together, like they're that much more powerful. So I'm thinking Moraine's also trying to feel them out, test and see if they got that vibe together. I don't think it's just about being able to heal them faster. I think she's trying to get some, some info, some Intel out of them. Right. I don't trust what you guys also think about. So, I mean, this happened before the, the wound that Balsy gave him all the way back at the end of the great hunt on the side, when he sheathed the sword and, and Bosman got him in the side and that wound never really healed. Right. And she tries to heal it again here and it just won't respond to any magic. And Randy even thinks this is the wound that's going to kill him. Um, what were your thoughts about that? <clears throat> I'm wondering how he was hurt. So whatever he was, wait, what he was hurt by, um, but Balsamon at the end of the great hunt, when they yeah. fought in the sky, but he took a, he took a spear or whatever to the side in order to get close enough to stab. But I'm wondering Balsamon. if like the, the power that was used was something that negates magic. Mm. I mean, clearly it has to be. But then what is it that Biazamon was using? Like, what was that spear? Did it have some type of special... Um, I don't want to use the word powers, but special powers. Or did um, Biazamon do this? Hmm? Like, it did it say. come from him or from the spear? <clears throat> All right, so for me, I, I looked at it again trying to understand how the healing process actually works are we somehow speeding up time localized there on the wound to help it heal faster or you know we have this concept of all these mirror worlds and there's like an infinite version infinite versions of rand that exist on all these different timelines and different situations and different planes so maybe the healing could also involve you know reaching across these worlds and uh, I guess stealing some of their life force or bits of them to help heal the Rand in, in this world. It's kind of like, let's say I went out and bought like a 1988 Mustang Fastback, which majority of y'all would be like, that car's a piece of crap, but I love it. And I'm like, yeah, this car's so sweet. And I drive down the road 
and I dropped the clutch, I snapped the axle, which I've mm-hmm. done before in another vehicle, mm-hmm. and then like bump something, mm-hmm. and there's body damage, <laughs> and then it overheats, and I throw a rod. All right, so I'm gonna do that thing where I go out and buy instead of scrapping it because I love this one. This is the one I love, and I want to rebuild. I'm going to go buy 10 different Mustangs of that body style and everything, and I'm going to pull parts from it to rebuild mine, right? So in my mind, that's already that like that's how the healing process works. So why is it that this one wound doesn't heal properly? Um, all of the vehicles suffered that same damage. So either Ballsy had a weapon that could somehow reach through all the different possible flickers, mirror worlds, whatever we're calling them, and cause the same damage to Rand. So there's like there's nowhere to pull from to heal. Or maybe mm-hmm. in every freaking scenario, this is part of Ballsy's plan. In every single turning of the wheel, every flicker, every different possible universe, he's always stabbed Rand in that same spot. So it's a wound that just it crosses, yeah, it crosses I didn't really all those think about different that. universes and whatever. That never entered my mind, to be honest with you. I was doing drugs at the time. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we go back and talk about Ian snapping an axle? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought you brought it up last time. The old drop the clutch in the Jeep. and No, we brought it with Andrew, I think, over the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, see, I, I mix it all up. I didn't know if we did storytelling on a podcast or not. No, well, yeah, yeah, let, let me that was a... let me just start with: um, if you're trying to drag race in the city streets, don't do it with a four wheel drive Jeep Wrangler with thirty fives. Like it's not designed for that on asphalt. I mean, I, I've I've slung sand behind me and rooster tailed sand, but on asphalt, them tires are going to grip, and something's mm-hmm. going to give your axle. Um, yeah. yeah, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> you whooped you whooped me on that one, Alan. Yeah, you didn't move. No, <laughs> like, and you you and you peeled out. I just, I did. Uh, kind of flopped on the and, street. And then I came back around, like, dude, are you right? Car okay? And look over, and the car's like hanging up, like falling on the side, <laughs> like like, the like tilted like, over. The road, like, I think I broke it. It doesn't. It doesn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um. So yeah, after after all this, Moraine tries to change the subject about the bedding, um, but Rand refuses to leave. She's like, "You can't sleep here tonight." She's like, and he's like, "I will sleep here, Moraine." What uh, he says, "I won't <laughs> be chased anymore, not even out of bed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I've never he's been chased out of bed. There. A peacocking yeah. <laughs> I've been like cornered and kind of chased into bed, never, never out of. I chased somebody out of bed. I've suggested perhaps that they would probably see, sleep more comfortably at their own place, but I didn't chase them. When they finished crying, they left. But <laughs> I thought I <laughs> no, they were running away from it. No, stop. I thought I was. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's pretty, pretty. I try to be nice about, about this. It. <laughs> <laughs> it like, man, too bad this is just a single mattress and not enough room for both of us to stay here. For a long period was, of time. I was, I was always horrible about that. Like, I, there was one time in college where I was trying to leave a girl's room and I was trying to make excuses and I couldn't, I was horrible on my feet, like, especially after I've been drinking. So, like, I was kind of excuses. Like, like, um, I remember one time I was like trying to leave this girl's room and she's like, well, why can't you stay the night? I was like, um, cause my, my RA, my residential advisor is coming by to room inspection. She's like, 
it's three o'clock in the morning. It's like, yeah, he comes by at weird hours. Like, I got to get back to my room now. It's <laughs> 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 the most horrible excuse in the world. Like, it's like yeah, on the Richter I, scale, I, I, you're at two. <laughs> you, know, you know what I've done in the last couple of years, and it mostly works, but it, it pisses off some people, and those are the people I, I, I generally don't care about. I've just gone with being 100% absolutely honest. Um, you guys probably haven't experienced it because I generally enjoy y'all's company when I'm hanging out with you. But if I'm in a situation or if I'm hanging out with a group of people or a person or I'm out somewhere, the moment I'm not having fun, I just turn to the people and go, guys, I'm leaving. Why? Because I don't want to be here. I just, <laughs> I'm just not enjoying myself right now, so I'm leaving. And then Screw there's no guys. excuses. I'm going home. No beating around the bush. <laughs> I'm sure some people get offended, but I, fuck it. I just don't care anymore. It's, one day I'm going to get to that level. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge It's blatantly relief. honest. I think it's the best way to do it, but people don't know how to understand it. They can't handle it. Right. I'll drop yeah. the bless your heart or like, you know, no offense to you because <laughs> normally it isn't. I mean, it's me, not you. I just, yeah. I just realized I'd rather be on my couch alone in my apartment by myself right now. You're one so of that's those where I'm like going. <laughs> introverted extroverts. Is that the right word? Like you, you have yeah. your threshold and once your battery's drained, it's like, all right, I got to recharge. I'm going yep. to the mountains for a 16-hour hike. I'll see y'all in four days. Mm-hmm. And I recognize it better now. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. When I hit that point, I just I turn to everybody. And my family knows it, too. I'll just tell them. I'm, they're like, you coming out? Remember, we're going to do this thing out at the river this weekend. We're all getting together. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm literally going to go hike the AT for three days, and I might send you a picture. Love you guys. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> they're like, as long as you know you're alive. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, wheel of time. So, yeah. So in this next part, Rand starts to explain what happened to him, and he starts to hypothesize that I was forsaken. Um, you know that maybe it's Samuel. Uh, Samuel, and Moraine says, "Nope." This is the part where Moraine explains it to him, saying, "It was the dark one." Yeah, Ian, you were right. It was the dark one, hmm. uh, reaching out, out and creating a bubble of evil. Some, some fart bubbles. I was all oh, used to go right out of my mouth. <laughs> it was literally, it was like fart bubbles. <laughs> like, everybody's just sitting in the pool talking, and it's quiet. And then you hear, boop, 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 boop. Everybody looks over. Dark one. Oh, you see the shorts kind of slowly rise and fall. It's like, I had cabbage and kielbasa. I'm sorry. I'm a little gassy. So then she also explains that, you know, they follow the threads of the pattern until they reach a certain boiling point. And obviously, Tavirin being Tavirin, uh, you know, it's going to be more likely drawn to them. And mm-hmm. she does. There's this nudge and wink thing with Perrin where, you know, Perrin's <laughs> thinking about what happened to him, but he doesn't say it out loud. But it's very obvious that Moraine knows that he's thinking. And she's like, I know what you're thinking. But you don't have to say it. And he's like, I know you know that I know that you know but I'm still not going to say it. And she's like, well, I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. And you also know that I know that you're not going to say it. But I knew that, so it's still okay. I win. Moraine, it's always about her. What a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you guys think about this concept of bubbles of evil, though? I mean, like, what? I mean, she explains that this might start happening more and more as the Dark One gets closer and closer to being free. So... Um, 
I was also drinking when I was reading this, and I had a <laughs> mental image of the Flex Seal guy going up to the where the Dark One is leaking out, and he just whoop, slaps it on the side and seals it up. I'm like, but can't there be something? I know we're not as powerful as we were back when he was sealed up and the Forsaken were sealed up, but isn't there somebody that can <laughs> put some Flex Seal on the Forsakens? Okay, uh, Alan. Uh, you're not helping like, I was trying to make a he point. He was trying. He had a good point. And Alan's like, here's a video. Here's a video of a uh, raccoon uh, sh- farting himself to death in the bathtub, apparently. <laughs> Bubble stopping. It's the Michael Bublé of evil. That was, That's that, what you've been that, waiting for. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was lying high. You Sorry. know how I feel. That was, that was in chat. So I, that's what I had to look, look at the entire time while I was doing this. So I Versions of me I, in the mirror. You know how I feel. Evil women with dildos on playing cards. You know how I feel. There we go. Sorry, guys. It's a new crotch. Chris just had a bubble evil hit him. It's a new axe. It did hit me pretty hard at night. The mic clear off. So let me just say. The bubble of evil concept is kind of cool. It's like a, a my it said magma, right? It's, no, what's the word mm-hmm. they use? Yeah, a magma uh, of of evil that's escaping from the the cracks and crevice of the encapturement of the dark one. And at the end of the day, it kind of demonstrates this power, and it kind of reflects the taint. Like the taint is like this oil that is on top of siding and these bubbles are probably like oily bubbles of black horribleness mm-hmm. and they just explode all over you and they make you all dirty and messy and mm-hmm. we stop but no on a, on a serious note um the fact that he has enough evil power to corrupt literally the lives of the taviran with just a small inkling of his power makes me wonder how in the world Rand's going to be able to if it is Rand because a good point was brought up later on or will be brought up in a moment even if it what if it isn't Rand what if we're following this character for four books and then he dies from that scar we've mentioned like, that we have mm-hmm. but like maybe so, it's not Rand maybe it's not like if they can be impacted that much and nearly die all three of them I mean, Matt was probably the the one farthest away from death. Yeah. He kind of handled his situation real quick and was like, bruh, I got to go. I cannot be near Rand. I got to leave. I I will say the bubbles of evil thing seems a little too random, like unlucky. These bubbles seeped out. Uh, I still feel like the Dark One is probably wise enough to know that by squeaking these little bubble farts out that they would travel to the Taviran. And again, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, they just took down one of these Forsaken, took down the Stone of Tear, and then like literally the next day, they all get whacked? Come on. I think our bad guy's a little bit more organized than that i, I don't know it's well well placed yeah. bubbles 
It's hard to imagine. Yeah. Maybe. Don't know. Yeah. So, um, at this Alan. point, after Moran explains to the bubbles, Alan. he didn't try. Alan. Yeah. What's up? How is it? You didn't yeah. tell us some story about the Bermuda Triangle and how the reason all the ships sank and the planes fell were because uh, of the pockets of okay. methane that bubbled up. It's, it's still a theory. I mean, it's a think pretty that. solid theory. It's a pretty <laughs> solid theory. Mythbusters, yeah, Mythbusters but... tested it and they let out big pockets of air underneath these little model ships. And you know what they all did? Mm-hmm. They all fucking sank. Song. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's a, it's a theory that that's how a lot of that there's lots of methane deposits around the Bermuda Triangle, and that's to sink ships. And of course, it you do the same thing to airplanes because if uh, especially if it's any jet or any oxygen driven type of uh, yeah. even propeller planes, uh, the engines are oxygen driven. They need intake, so if you run through methane, it's going to stall the engines. So there's a theory that methane has caused. Yeah, I've never heard that. Before. So bubbles of evil are mm-hmm. all around the Bermuda Triangle and have sunk ships and airplanes. You know what that means? Yep. The dark one is getting loose. Hmm. And lives <laughs> underneath the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> dope. Wow. Now we know where he is, we can go attack mm-hmm. him. There you go. I'm with you, bro. <clears throat> so, um... After all this, Moraine then talks to Rand, or tries to convince him to make a decision... Um, you know, saying that uh, the, the, the tyrants fear him, but that will only last so long. Um, you know, eventually they're going to start plotting against him. So he has to make some kind of decision. Um, and Rand's like, don't rush me. Gosh, like, take some time. <laughs> I do what I want. I work so. for no woman. Uh, so <laughs> there is a transition going on here. <clears throat> Perrin even notes that you know, even though Rand is a little bit leaning on his sword and clearly still shook, when when he tells Moraine that that even you are not going to push and pull me, I'm not going to run for you. I'm not going to. I'm not your puppet. I don't know what his exact words were right now, but he said it with a, a cool, clear confidence. There wasn't almost much question in that. Sh- almost as if he were in charge. There's a transition of power here, and even he comes back to Moraine. Moraine's like, well, whatever you decide, you need to tell me. And he was quick to remind her. He was like, but yeah, sure. Just so you know, though, it's not asking you permission. It's not so we can decide something together. Whatever I do is going to be my decision. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has grown this much in such a small amount of time to where That's he what no she said. longer. <laughs> it happens that quick. That he no longer allows an Aes Sedai to manipulate him and control his movements. I mean, that speaks volumes to where we're headed now. So um, he is really embracing the Dragon Reborn as a title and as a a state of being. He has Kalendor at his side. He feels pretty much unstoppable. And let's be honest, beyond the Forsaken, who's really going to get in his way? Even the Aeol themselves are like Mm -hmm. at his beck and call. He yeah. has the strongest army and the biggest stick. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone kind of splits ways. Perrin turns to Rock and discusses the similarities between the dragon and he comes with the dawn. He's like, well, they're the same thing, right? Like, and Rock's like, what? 
kind of maybe we don't know i mean we know our prophecy we don't know yours yeah he hasn't proven himself yet to be he comes with dawn he might be the hit is we still have to go test him and they're like well what happens if he doesn't pass and like yeah Uh, well and it's not that that, it's not that they're gonna (laughs) test him they're just gonna continue to watch they're still looking because they have certain criteria that they'll know it when they see it well they probably already know it but they're not gonna tell anybody they don't want any self-fulfilled prophecies they want to see it unfold and Mm -hmm. so far there hasn't been an individual to do anything that their prophecy has recorded as like a requirement to be the dragon mm-hmm. or, or the one that comes with he who comes with the dawn he who comes with the dawn keep thinking every time i hear that i think of gandalf showing up and like the riders rohan come piling down the yeah. hill yeah look towards the east on the third day yeah third day? something yeah. like that something like that um oh and one last point so, here because we just went over it recently uh where Rand keeps telling Perrin that he has to do the unexpected. Uh, I got a throwback. I had a chuckle as I was reading that, mostly because of our episode on the worst dark friend ever. But remember when we ran into Pater and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, clearly Matt and Rand took a unexpected detour or path uh, on the, was that the road to Camelin? When they mm-hmm. were heading that way. And it was so unexpected that, you know, the dark friends were like, shit, who do we got? Oh, it's just Pater. Use Pater. Oh, my gosh. Man, this guy's horrible. Um, <laughs> I think it's funny that at this point, Rand is like, I just got to do whatever's unexpected. Like, that nobody <laughs> expects. So I, I got to yeah. catch I gotta catch the bad guys by surprise. I have to, you know, I'm not going to rely on Moraine or the Amberlin or anybody to tell me what I should do. I'm going to just do some unexpected shit. Which makes me think... He's going to go hang out with the Aiel. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But isn't yeah. that expected? From who? I think Moraine's like, yeah, okay, you stirred the pot real quick. Run across the spine of the world and go chill over there and learn some cool shit. I don't think that's what Moraine wants. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, leave this mess here for us to screw around with, and you just disappear for a little bit and go level up. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think that'd be cool if he goes and disappears for a little while and, like, has his own story over there, leveling up, learning some new cool shit, and then comes back like stronger, better, harder, faster. better, harder, faster, faster, stronger, stronger. stronger. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say I don't agree, mm-hmm. but but we should. It'd see. be cool. It would be cool. I'm gonna give kind of cool if you did. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they said, you know, I think the Aiel also mentioned that they're going to head out at some point too. Um, you know, he it says he and he alone will know what to do. Rock says goodnight to Perrin. And after Rook leaves, Perrin then looks at the Tyrant officers and like, it's like, yeah, the Aiel leave. We're not safe here anymore. <laughs> like, like, they don't think you're safe here. Um, and then he heads off to Fael to convince Fael that they have to leave. And was it that they have to leave or to convince her that she has to leave? That she has to leave. Right. I think Perrin is still duty bound. Perrin is still duty bound, but he wants to get her out of there. He doesn't think things are safe. Definitely. Right. He wants to get his woman to safety, which she doesn't, you know, seem to be the type of woman. She seems to be sticking with him. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think Perrin's wasting his time trying to run her off. I agree. Yeah. Um, and, 
so part of the whole parent still being duty bound, yada yada yada, and knowing that shit's hitting the fan is there was some unspoken. It's almost like Rand attempted some telepathy to send a message to Perrin. Did you yeah, notice that? I did. Yeah. And, but Perrin didn't understand it. He's like, it's like parents, or it's, it's like Rand is trying to send me a message, but I don't know what the fuck <laughs> he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Rand's nice. about to do something sad. unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <clears throat> exactly. So anything we missed from this chapter or anything that we brushed over? I think we covered most of it. No, the very end where the, where the yeah. two maidens were like, uh, no, Rand, we're staying with you. We're going oh, to bathe yes. you. Don't worry. I used to yeah. bathe my little brother or nephew well, or something. She's like, not bathe you. She just kind of alluded to it like, by saying she's not the first penis I've ever man. wiped down. We're about to. <laughs> it's not the first butthole I've taken ice cube. Right. Too. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> they shut the door and you hear squealing in Rand's voice. Well. <laughs> oh, dragon. <laughs> Giggity, giggity, giggity. Uh, giggity, giggity, giggity. <laughs> um, because of my impression of the maiden so far, that's four out of five giggities, and we don't even know what happened. Four out of five, yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. Hey, they left their Camera spears outside block. the door, but you know they don't do without one in their hand. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so yeah, anything else we missed from this chapter? No, good sir. I think we've done a fine job highlighting that chapter. So moving on to chapter four, strings. And that, that's not icon. right. It's huh? choices. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's uh, a harp. That's the that's the icon. But can be choices because we do have a lot of choices here. Yeah, but do we really? Air quotes choices. Yeah, all yeah. the same choices I'll, I'll everybody's had. Mm-hmm. The only reason it strings is because Tom realizes that he's he's kind of pulling the strings to take the choices away. He could have mm-hmm. encouraged differently. You're right. He just said, "Bro, yeah. let's get the, this GTFO." Yeah. yeah. But he so we start the strings. With, yeah. So we start with Tom, and he's in there. He's he's writing a little letter. Um. Forging a document. <laughs> he was. I was like, bro, what is he? Is he really? He's playing the game. He is playing, the, playing game. the game. Like, I appreciate him for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would play the game. Yeah, too. so he's he's faking out one high lord uh, and hoping that another high lord gets the letter. And it's like this intricate plot he's weaving. And the whole point is to really just weaken Rand's enemies. Hmm. Yes. And, and strengthen Rand. So it's. Pretty All right. cool what he's doing. When, so did you just did throw he... in your own opinion, or was that part in there? Because that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, he was, from a distance, going to weaken Rand's enemies. I mean, but I think I, that's what I don't think it flat out said. Okay, yeah. No, but you're it right. It, did, it didn't flat out say it, but it is really heavily implied. And it's yeah. one mm-hmm. of those, like, huh, well, I mean, that's pretty cool of him. It's It's interesting move on his part but it's pretty cool he's like some cia operative some kgb some Mossad. he's a little bit of everything yeah yeah he is not a i mean gleeman is cover we could we called this early on gleeman is his cover what is the letter (laughs) yeah yeah oh it's talking about cheating on somebody yeah what your husband's catching on 
be wary, your husband wary. suspects yeah, and doesn't suspects. sign it. That's really what it is. No name. Yeah. Fancy calligraphy. But he fixed the handwriting. That... Oh, yeah. Be wary, your husband suspects. The High Lord Carleon yeah. himself would have thought it his own handwriting. Only those words, no signature. Now, if he could arrange for the High Lord Tedosian to find it where his wife, the Lady Altima, might carelessly have left it. But it's mm. funny because he didn't want Matt to even know that he was doing this. And since yeah. when did he become a tool of He was Rand? trying to be super sneaky. Yeah, when did he become Rand's tool? He's like a dagger in the night. No, he has his own agenda. Yeah. And for his own reasons. And hopefully we get more in depth with Tom uh, to mm-hmm. learn how he got to this. But Tom led a different life before he was a gleamer. Oh, definitely. We and we know we this. had reasons to believe this before. And he'll leave a he'll le- this, he'll lead a life beyond this. Yeah, but he he led. Uh, so we know he played the great game. Mm-hmm. We also know he has assassin like. He played or is playing? Oh, he's still playing. That yeah. never left him. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying that that's those <laughs> were his origins, pretty much. I mean, that's yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I thought yeah, it was great. Yeah, because then he hears a knock, a knock, knock, knock on the door. Um, knock, knock, knocking knock, knock, on knock. heaven's door. Oh, that's like the knocking on the door. Oh, I was listening to. oh, oh, and, um, knock, knock, knock. And Tom quickly door. hides all the forgery supplies and everything. Um, and before opening the door, so he like gets rid of all the evidence, gets rid of all the supplies, like throws everything in the drawer. You know, I see this like, you know, this desk full of like, you know, like samples and ink pens and ink wells and he just throws it all in a drawer real fast close to the drawer i'm like yeah can i help you uh yeah i love how he uses the the go-to excuse hold on i'm naked let me put clothes on dude i've used that i i had i had somebody one of the management people knocking on my door at the apartment and like i look down and i'm eating a burrito and i'm shirtless and the cheese is like dripped all over my shorts my belly like <laughs> there's there's empty beer cans on the counter and I'm like, uh, hold on, let me put some clothes on. I'm naked. Meanwhile, I'm like <laughs> scrubbing up real quick, change my shorts, hide the empty beer cans. Like, that's the old go-to. Give me a sec. I need, I need to put uh, some clothes on. Exactly. Hide stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, but to Tom's surprise, it's just Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, just Matt. Just <laughs> Matt. <laughs> All right, let's vote on this new host. Raise <laughs> your hand. It's Matt. He's like, well, All right, there we go. Come yeah. in, Matt. I thought you'd be hard at work, lightning lordlings. Purses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, they um, didn't want to gamble tonight, which of yeah. course clearly was not correct. And then Tom realized again, being the observant individual that he was, that Matt was completely off his game. He was like, normally there'd be a quip about the shabby room. It's like, though he accepted Tom's explanation about him sleeping in the servants' quarters, Matt seldom let the chance by to pass a joke. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, so Tom but knows notice, something's up. Notice how these are, as, as he's analyzing, he's not speaking any of this out loud. These are all thoughts inside of Tom's head. Correct. But what does Tom actually say out loud? Tom goes to disarm him with something normal that they do together he's like oh well, it's a little Let's late smoke for stones. Some, but we got we got we got time for one game like man going back to what i said t- there's so much more to tom this is like straight psyop shit 
He's just mm-hmm. lulling Matt into this false sense of security to just get information out of him. Yeah, he's skilled. There's no doubt he about is. that. Skizzles. Yep. But instead of playing stones, Matt's like, "Did anything weird happen? To, anything weird happen recently to you or anything?" And Tom's like, "No, why?" So then Matt tells a story about the playing cards coming to life and attacking him, and um, and he's convinced that the attack was from Rand, and tells Tom that he's thinking about leaving here immediately like he wants to get get out Tom's right like, now boy <laughs> you're not going anywhere he said the prickling felt as if he had black wasps nettled um <clears throat> stuff down his back why had he not left here himself long since much the wisest thing hundreds of villages lay out there waiting for agreement to entertain and amaze them he automatically thinks to Viren. And he thinks mm-hmm. that Matt's being controlled. What he right. isn't realizing, or he starts to think towards the end, and we'll get there. Maybe Matt's not the only one with a string attached. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's that wop, yeah. Yeah. More rain. And, It'll and, get you and, every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tom's pondering the same thing, like why he hasn't left as well, but then, you know... The thought of leaving Rand in the hands of Moraine to help him manage the High Lords of Tear. Where's Tom a Moraine thinks, you know, in the hands do... of Tom? We know he's going to ride in on a stallion eventually. <laughs> <laughs> that white stallion. Yes, it's coming. <laughs> Book five. It's coming. And, five. and what he when he when he references like this this battle inside of like, all right, should I still be worried about something that happened fifteen years ago? Where I'm assuming we're talking about his it was his nephew, nephew right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so that was probably when Tom made his transition to Gleeman. Maybe so. Yeah. And he he decided he's like I'm going to use my assassin super like game playing Secret skills and I'm going to disguise myself yeah. into somebody that no one will suspect. And I will play the big game. Yeah. Yeah. Game. They're playing checkers while he's playing chess. And, and, and Matt immediately goes, yeah, goes into trying to convince Tom, you know, like, let's leave. Let's go someplace where no, you know, where the Dragon Reborn, the Dark One are just, you know, they're all just tales and children's tales still. Where no one's going to try to kill them and just go you know, somewhere in the middle of nowhere and hide. <laughs> they're like, Hasn't this plea been luck. made in every, like, <laughs> Disney love story? Didn't Aladdin and Jasmine have this conversation? Like... Yeah. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Let's, yeah. let's just run, run away together. Actually, even world. even Lion King, when uh, mm-hmm. what's her face found Simba out in the jungle, he was like, yeah, "No, Nala, you can come yeah. with me. Uh, come on, Nala, Didn't let's just go fuck around." The love tonight. All of the things. Anyways, it was super cute. Like this is a love song medley just waiting to happen. If Mm-hmm. If they were going to have that in the series, this is this it. This would be the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Matt's all paranoid that the Aes Sedai are, having, are watching him. Yeah. But even, so, and, I mean, Tom plays along with a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I know, Aes Sedai. I don't like letting people go once they kind of got their hands on them. But I don't know. I don't think she knows everything about what you're doing. It's You're being a little paranoid. Yeah, Tom's convinced that the reason why is not because of uh, the reason why Matt Stain is not because of Moraine; it's more because of the Devere nature. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he's about to say it. He's like, well, have you considered that maybe it's because he's like, if you can say to Viren, swear to God, Tom, you and I are going to scrap. And he was like, going to roll another cigarette. Tibbita, tibbita. <laughs> is, is this when like Loyal pops out of the back room and goes, did somebody say to Viren? <laughs> yeah. I, again, I'm back at my mom's house. I haven't upgraded my vehicle. I, I, need, a, I need to figure this one out. Maybe I'll just tell him yeah. to start hiking. I mean, he can run as fast as a horse. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he could make it for next week. I just need to give him a day heads up. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He's, Loyal, Loyal hasn't been around in a while. Like, parents, like, where is Loyal? That's a good question. What did you do yeah. to writing him? His, been... Writing his book? What did you do yeah. to him, you dark friend? <gasps> Shit. Alan, did you bring that up on purpose? <laughs> he's in my basement. No, no, Chris. What yeah. if Alan's effing with us and he was like kidnapped and we don't know yet for like four more chapters? Because at some point, so our party's back together, right? Mostly everybody's here. For the most here. part, yeah. Right, right, right. And we know that's not going to last. Let's nah, be honest. Yeah. What happened so was all going to go a million different directions. Him up and married him off. Well, yeah, I mean that'd be horrible too. But also, what if Forsaken somebody snagged him because he was being careless? And there'd be some reason yeah. for somebody in our party to chase after him. Yeah. Yeah, where is Loyal? <sighs> Don't yeah. be hurt, Loyal. Come back to us. And, you know, and Matt talks about how he's tried to leave him multiple times at this point, but every time he feels like leaning something, he gets strange feelings, like something bad's going to happen, and, you know, and... You yeah, know. he gets chills. Yeah, he, has, and yeah, they he multiply. Says, he starts to lose control. I think it's quotes. I was never much good at helping people with their problems. I don't know why I get this feeling. <laughs> Always interesting. Get these strange feelings, almost as if something was going to happen. Something momentous. Mm -hmm. That's the word. It's like knowing there will be fireworks for Sunday, only I, I don't know what it is I'm expecting. Whenever I think too much about leaving, it happens. And suddenly, I found some reason to stay another day. It was just one more bloody day. Doesn't it sound like I said I work to you? Meanwhile, Tom swallowed the word to Viren, probably for like the third time in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, the, um, then, then advice I didn't see coming from Tom. Yeah. And even Tom inside his head battles this, but he's like, I mean, have you thought about, I don't know, ask him to rain? Kind of seems like there's this a question if you you should be asking an eye to die. They might have answers for you. And Matt's like, say, say what? <laughs> what? Have you not been listening to anything I've ever told you ever? And he's like, well, how about your wisdom? I mean, wisdom, they're used to dealing with all sorts of problems, not just magical, but you know, they, they fix people up when they're hurt and talk to them. When they're not feeling good. Give them advice. They do all sorts of things. Talk to your wisdom, go to naive. Mm -hmm. And you know, Matt's like, might as well be eyes to die. It's also a horrible suggestion. Matt's really not open to yeah. talking to anyone about it except for Tom. He feels like Tom is the next person most removed from the situation. And he's trying to find a companion who's easily swayable. Like, you're not getting Perrin away. You're not getting Moran away. And all the girls are all about Ran. So who's his only choice remaining? Yeah. He uh, ran to Tom thinking that Tom would be like, "Oh yeah, hundred percent agree with you." Yeah, it's got like you. when Let's go. it's like when you're 
crackhead friends are like, I'm going to do crack again. You're like, no, don't do that. So they go, Wait, do you have crackhead I'm, friends? I'm going to go talk to James down the street who I know <laughs> enjoys crack. So when I mention it to him, he's going to be like, well, we shouldn't, but hell yeah, let's do crack. You know? uh, but Tom throws him a curveball. And I think as the reader threw me a curveball too, like I thought Tom, I would have thought Tom would have been like, yeah, let's let's go and get out of here. I thought Tom would have been like, we could go to Camelin so I could save my girlfriend. Something. But <laughs> no, Tom also felt drawn to sticking around, whether it was to save Matt, to save Rand, to help somebody from the wrath of the Aes Sedai. But Tom also felt himself getting pulled into this whole scenario. And in doing save so... Save the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah. man, I haven't seen that in ages. <laughs> I never was finished that Heroes? it. Yes, yeah, Heroes. That was Heroes. Yeah. That was so good. It was. I mean, you weren't the Alan first the couple show seasons. Was. Yeah, the first couple seasons were great, and then it got, they got really predictable. I felt. Well, they, at least. Yeah, they didn't know where they were going. They always change out the writers, and then it gets weird. Lost did the yeah. same thing. They're like, oh man, well, we didn't think we'd with, make it this far. <laughs> with Heroes, if I remember correctly, they would off main characters in the first two seasons, and like, so it left you on your toes. But then, like, people got plot armor by the third season and um sorry my is that, dog is that a dog up. or a kid that was a dog okay uh, i saw the door open and i was <laughs> like what <laughs> creepy yeah, the dog <laughs> my dog came in to hang out with me uh the puppers um so <laughs> so yeah um uh but yeah so yeah by the third season it got really predictable yeah at least i felt that like like no no none of the main people were gonna die anymore so i was like oh everybody's safe um Let's see. So, yeah. So, yeah, the weird suggestion to go talk to Moraine and Naive. Uh, uh, Matt declares he's absolutely not going to talk to an Aes Sedai. And Naive will just lecture him. So, those aren't answers. So, uh, Matt just makes up his mind that he'll just leave right now. Because that seems like a good idea. And 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 this, this is where Tom is part of... Matt's choices. Tom mm-hmm. plays right into it. Tom gives him another excuse to stay just a little bit longer. Be like, oh, the weather's crappy. Why in the middle of the night? That makes no sense. Uh, let's just play a game of stones, and we'll worry about this tomorrow. And to Matt, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. Because Matt's still maybe somewhat convinced that he's going, even though he's struggling with it. Huh. And here we go, choices. Exactly. Yeah, I also think that I mean, and this is, I mean, I think Tom actually wants to observe too. Like if I can just hold him a little longer, maybe I can see whether the Tavir and stuff is actually working or not. Like I think Tom's trying to gather information. And- I agree. Tom is definitely a player of the game and he needs a little bit more time to observe. Mm-hmm. And Tom is not going to put all that effort into writing that letter and not deliver it. Correct. Maybe that's what all exactly. this is. Exactly. So, and that ends this chapter. It's a really short chapter. Like, it was. Literally. Well, there was a lot packed into that chapter. It kind of, like, again, I, I, I stated mm-hmm. that there wasn't much interaction. There wasn't much of a challenge for Matt to overcome his bubble of, of like, dark poo. Mm-hmm. Like, he was able to to get through it so that was kind of like the throw off yeah I got attacked by some cards now what are we going to do about it let's go right. like he's all about definitive action like I'm ready to get 
GTFO, I'm ready to get out of here. Like, I'm done. I've done everything I was supposed to do. Like, it is now time for me to keep it moving. Let's go, Tom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, the, the thing that gets me is the feeling that Tom gets every time he starts to think about changing his mind. Is that the pull of is that the pull of the Taviran? And if it is the pull of being Taviran, then or not him being Taviran, but being around Taviran, then is it him being able to like feel the the weave being pulled or being you know pulling on them? I, I don't know how to explain it any other way, but why? It's more of a question. Like why is he so inept or in tune with it? I feel like even if you're not strictly Tavirin, I feel like it's a spectrum almost. Because if you're important to the Tavirin, what you do and say is also going to be important in guiding them as much as it is them guiding you. You know? Well, so, and, and the threads of Tavirin weave around people around them. They pull people in and, and, and right. guide people around them. Right. So you, you kind of get like. wrapped up in it. Yeah. I think most of our female characters, if they're not Tavirin themselves, certainly fall into that. I mean, we know Elaine, Egwene, Nynaeve, they're going to play a major role. It's not like they could just walk away and be like, all right, good luck, boys. Like, that's – that ain't going to work. No, definitely um, not. So they're, they're certainly a part of it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's how we end this chapter, and that's uh... – Pretty much it. So anything we missed? I mean, in short, Matt's just discussing leaving the entire time, and Tom's like, eh, I don't think it's a good idea yet. Go talk to I said I, and Matt's like, hell no, and that's pretty much the chapter. <laughs> it, it brought out two big questions for me. Uh, one, more of a statement, I guess. We peeled back another small layer on Tom. Uh, I'm reaching way back when Chris and I talked early on when we met Tom, like, man, the way he throws daggers and everything, there's got to be way more to him. He's got to belong to some guild, some something more than just a Gleeman, right? Yeah. And I think this definitely opened up that can of worms Secret again. Well, can I, can I also say, like, we're we're spinning circles so much. Like, I'm, I'm listening, and I'm, like, going through it, and we've got this awesome book, but the content isn't evolving the way it did in the first book or two. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of creeping along real slow. The beginning of this book does. Well, I mean, last last chapter was a lot of action. There was. I'll give it that. But it still happened like it wasn't eventful in the sense of depth. And maybe mm. it's because we just haven't gotten there and he's going to build on it over the next few chapters. But we got a really quick explanation already. Like it's just bubbles of evil deal with it yeah yep right yeah it's kind of like uh it's a throw-off chapter remember mm -hmm. remember in the beginning of game of thrones and you were like man every episode i'm just getting so much this is amazing and, and then, then the whole last the season every yeah every episode in the last season you were like all right i just watched this for an hour and i only got one tiny bit of new information we're not gonna talk about season eight you say season seven right. i agree season eight was just straight up garbage <laughs> yeah. so i agree <laughs> the books aren't like that yeah yeah, yeah. but okay yeah, so yeah. my other thing was True. the other thing i thought of 
Um, I still feel like there was significance in the message that Morgays gave Matt. And oh, we yeah. haven't seen Matt deliver that exact message to Elaine. So is that going to happen? Or is this some... Is this some storyline that Jordan doesn't close the loop on? I, f- I feel like at some point they'll come together and be like, oh, and Matt will be like, oh, yeah. And then she started rambling about blah, 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 Shiriam, blah, blah. And then Lena will be like, the fuck, what? What'd you say? <laughs> Wait, tell me exactly word for word what she said. And then she goes to her decoder ring and her notebook and is like, oh, my gosh. We this have is to get my brothers. <laughs> right. So, like, that... I know that didn't come up at all in this, but it did pop in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Why why hasn't yeah. that happened yet? How come nothing came yeah. from that? They've been a little busy, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But have they? So, what have um, our girls been doing? Yeah. They haven't well, heard from them maybe yet. We'll, maybe we'll learn soon. Maybe they're um, practicing magic and sitting mm-hmm. in a room juggling balls oh, together like took, they used to. You can get out of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Practicing using the wand and juggling balls. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, favorite character from these chapters? Oh, I always forget to think about that. Yeah, we have Perrin, Perrin. we have Fayil, we have Moraine, we have Matt. I Tom. like how masculine Perrin is coming off lately. And not even how in control. Let me rephrase it. For a person who is afraid of his powers, who did not want to accept them. Now they're so natural that it's just an automatic part of him. He's got this He's awesome singing. He's got this awesome <laughs> sniffing. He's got this uh, slightly above human strength. And we didn't talk about the fact that he realized he has this keenness of hearing, but things were being stated. The Sedai did not want him to hear. So and he's got this girl that he, I don't even think he realizes yet. She might be out of his league. Oh, yeah. I think definitely. he's got a good woman by his side. Yeah. But she she thinks it's cute that he's so innocent. So that's the other funny thing. <laughs> How can you be that much of a guy and be so... Well, I can't say that. I was a virgin until I was 22. Let me take that back. Sometimes you, you just don't parent. get it till you get it. Yeah. And when you do get it, boy, do you get it. And parents like dog-like, so that tongue probably... Never mind. <laughs> Oh, mm, ah, mm. Mm, mm, yep. Mm. Sip that drink. <laughs> uh, for oh, me, so. I have I have to give it as a tie to two minor characters in these chapters. It's uh, Lan and Roar. Uh, I was gonna. I knew you were gonna say that. Mm. Just because they're a little exchange. back and forth. Yep, that little exchange where like they both kind of give Rand, like Rand near death, right? Just had the worst experience of his goddamn life. <laughs> Shit's hitting the fan. He's like, channel this, channel that. I'm dying. I just fought myself and lost, but one, I just I don't even know. And then they fuck with him a little bit. And they turn to each other and go, nudge and a wink, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this young lad has much to learn. <laughs> I love it. So those two tied it for me. Yeah. As they say, I'm here for all of it. I was about to say, if you didn't say land the man, I would have said land the man for you. There you go. Um, land the man. So Just shut up with a couple of one-liners. <laughs> so good. So the next two chapters we're going to cover are doorways. Or no, question. Or it's, it's, it's questioners and then doorways. Well, we know we have the questioners with the white cloaks, right? 
It's not cool. Yes. Yeah. Questioners. They do have questioners in the white cloaks. Yes, it is. And, ooh. So, uh, I'll be honest. When I was, uh, after reading, when I was listening, I went about five seconds into the next chapter. So, I know it starts with Elaine, or Egwene. Mm-hmm. And is that the questioner's chapter? Yeah. It is. Oh, that's not cool. Or Hopefully, is it? Man. Maybe no, Egwene decides to return that. home, and then, boom, they get hit with white cloaks. Yeah, but Egwene don't need to be caught up with getting captured again. Maybe it's in a dream. I don't think she'll get captured. I think she'll whoop some behind. I hope so. Like, I'm ready for that. But yeah. I've been waiting for her she's, to unleash She's been captured enough. For a while. Like, that... Man, we need to be done with that for a little yeah, while for her. I agree. Mm-hmm. That PTSD is going to be real. It's, seriously, then, it's, it's going to fuck her up. And then we have doorways as well. Kind of like choices. Ways. You know, but the doors now. We're going to find evolving. out. We're going to find out where uh, oh, our buddy Loyal has been. He's been going through the ways, traveling yeah. the, the streets. Are we, are we going back to another Matrix reference where there's like the... Who's the key? Ma- is it the key master? Mm-hmm. Regan has like all the keys for all the doors. They run down the long hallways. And, <laughs> and that's yeah. what it is. But bunch of doorways, all the different possible. Or maybe places each dream is a different doorway. Right. Someone's gonna yeah. learn to travel them. Maybe. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Going. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Well, anything else before I go and wrap this episode up? No. I was just gonna ask, how have we not had a legit love scene by now? Like, we're in. Is this, what we book is so this? The fourth? Twice we've been close. Yeah. We've I mean, I know, I know everybody's still pretty young. Nynaeve's not that young. No. She came close with. Lame. I guess technically, there's implied shenanigans because when they went through the testing, you know, Nynaeve had kids with Land, so apparently they knocked the boots. Matt did play Mitch Kiss and did it well. So. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> is this true? And he does mention that there's a couple of women, you know, down in the kitchens that let him stroke their hair and you know play at their skirts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah. we breezed over that. I'm surprised we, we did, <laughs> but I'm I, convinced. Was... <laughs> and Land and Moraine at this point, if they haven't, I mean, I know she's not green, but come on, nah, come on, I'm telling you. At least once, one time. Maybe it was just one maybe, time maybe early so. on, and they realized it was a mistake, and they were just going to be friends. Yeah. But <laughs> at I least once. Up in the... And tomorrow, go back to being friends. Exactly. Um, but... but tonight, <laughs> let's be lovers. Yeah. So, uh, how can we found uh, at the Wheel Reads everywhere? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, thewheelreads.com. Uh, that is our website. You can find links to everything like our Discord, our Patreon, which is a great way to support us. Um, we have updated, I guess, since I launched a YouTube channel, Patreon benefits. So go check those out. If you thought about joining, kind of been on the fence, go look at the new benefits you get. Um, we also do have a YouTube station. Um, I don't have a cool YouTube.com slash The Will Reach yet because you have to have a certain amount of subscribers. So go subscribe to it so I can get that. I, I can't remember how many you need for it, but eventually they will let you get that handle. It's just you have to have a certain Smash amount, so. that button. Mm, yeah, I love smash that. the subscribe. Everybody like says buttons. that. Um, I hate that. It, you know, I, I do. Know. I don't, I don't, I try not to say it, but I put it up on a banner on my videos because it, it's what you're supposed to do. 
Why can't you just <laughs> click it? That's what all the kids are doing. I don't know. I it's all the kids thing. do, yeah. So go check out the YouTubes. Um, we did record this on video tonight, so I will be putting up a at least a highlight reel of this episode. Our mm. Patreons will get the full video. Huh. So another incentive to become a patron. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to think of, yeah, merch. That's nothing we have. We have merchandise. Yeah, we have really cool merchandise for sale. Um, they have frosty mugs and like really cool t-shirts that uh, tree um a graphic artist uh she designed a lot of the stuff on there so it's really cool stuff um hopefully got more stuff coming um i i you know we need some more designs and and just so you know you've got a little bit of time but whenever we all come together for jordicon if you show up with a will reed's mug i will top it off with a dark and stormy on me but you gotta have the will reed's mug bet sounds good um i've got one that's all yeah, I got one too. You could top me off. I'm gonna show up with five. Oh yeah, <laughs> jokes on me. Shit, I was about to say <laughs> if you drink five of those, I'm gonna take you to the hospital. Good lord, well, that's, that's what, that's what the nail the coffin last weekend when uh, Andrew came to hang out with Ian and I. Like we went to the bar and everything was fine. Then we went back to my house and Ian brought over Dark and Stormies and that was Dunsky for me. <laughs> I don't do more than Damn. one anymore unless I have a couch to sleep on. That will not happen. Again. A- Alan took three naps mid conversation and <laughs> or, then he'd wake up and be like, "I'm awake. I'm fine." Or a solid table. <laughs> <laughs> and get up and it almost fell into the fire pit. Oh, that was yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about the rest Good of that. Days. We all survived. We all survived. Yeah, everybody survived. Um, but yeah, so merchandise, go check that out. It's a uh, it's a cool way to support us. Um, and, and of course, Patreon's the best way. Uh, go check that out. Um, and yeah, YouTube. That's, uh, I think that's everything. I, I think that's everything we have. Discord, come join Discord community. It is a ever growing community. We have uh, four hundred and sixty members now. Wow. Discord. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty large. At least for my standard. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's what she what said. Of... <laughs> four to five gigaties. We almost four missed it. <laughs> <laughs> almost made a whole episode now. No, that's what she said. So. <laughs> almost. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, come join our Discord. It's a good place. Uh, we have first-time readers uh, and a lot of fun banter. A lot of uh, if you want to li- read through uh, reactions, we have a bunch of first-time readers that post all the time on their respective books and working through the series. And then, of course, if you are a first-time reader, we'd love to hear your thoughts there too, because we like to just read them and and live through you guys. Um, and that's about all I got for this week. So, anything you guys? Until next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time. Choose the mic. And recording. Yay. Recording in. Yeah, we are recording. All right, so is there a lag? Uh, I, so far, so good. Yeah, I, I, was about, that. Good. I was about to say you spelled buble wrong, but I think you're going for the play. <laughs> yes, I'm going for on, the play. <laughs> great. It's not play on words. It's a name and a phrase, but that uh, works. Yeah. I, I, I think I still would have liked Michael Buble of evil. Yeah. I, so, yeah. But um, Bubble's good, too. It works both ways. 
Yeah, I, I, my 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 name tonight for recording and our recording session is uh, Michael Bubble of Evil instead of Michael. Bublé. It was quite creative. <laughs> I was still trying for it. Don't look so excited, yeah, Chris. Chris, like, yeah, it, it, it nah. was quite creative. No, it was it was good. I liked it. It was nice. Chris gave his compliment <laughs> for getting that we can see him. He's just all like plain face, like yeah, it was it was pretty creative, Alan. I appreciate yeah, your effort. It was it was good, Alan. You did a great job, Alan. Yeah, and, and, no, uh, we have the like great, it. we have the great corn Julio. I am the great corn Julio. <laughs> Very nice. You know, I was never uh, allowed to watch that growing up. Peas and butter. Yeah, I wasn't allowed, oh, was but I had older siblings, so you know, <laughs> I got exposed. Yeah, my grandma was not having it. She was like, "That show was the devil." Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, I will say. <laughs> so, um, if everyone can hear us just fine, um, you guys want to talk about what we're drinking? I'm I'm drinking a, a Pinot Noir called Prophecy mm. in honor mm. of our elder Ayuman tonight. Okay. Nice. I'm, I'm drinking. Pers- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm drinking a delicious IPA, just a an IPA. IPA, IPA. Mm-hmm. All right, Homer's Ipa. dead. And I am back in ketosis, so I'm drinking good old water. Oh yeah, nice. And I'm having a splash of regular milk, like two carbs, with my homemade mm. cereal, which is a keto cereal plus a bunch of unsweetened coconut with some sunflower seed and. You know, if nothing else, it keeps things moving. You trying to get sounds trying, really, really trying to get some of these, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> trying to get muscles like him. On my yesterday yeah, in the um, gym on the straight bar curl, I'm at uh, I could do full sets of ten of uh, one fifteen. Oh wow, that's dope. That's actually really decent. It's ridiculous. But then, like the next day, I can only extend my arm this far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sign like, that I just got to the point today, like. At this point of the day, with a bunch of wine, where I could stretch it back out again. <laughs> yeah. I can do about a hundred sets of of twelve ounces. So it's because it gets lighter with every curl. Each of a beer, yeah, it does get lighter and lighter. Good point. But then it resets after a certain amount. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So you're healthy. Anyways. So, do we want do we want to keep shooting the shit or do you just want to get started? Let's go. Let's do Let's it. Go. I have to Let's apply for jobs. Do it. Oh, that's fun. All right. 